Voicemails by S.D. Harker She had left the night before. She said she needed time. People always say they need time when what they need most is to be wanted. Jason watched the library's break room clock tick down every second of his lunch. The dry ham and cheese had been slapped together and wrapped in cellophane. The Coke can had warmed some, but beads of sweat clung to the aluminum. On the table sat a snake coiled and covered in green icing for scales. A storytime treat. Big chunks of cake were taken from the tail. A tube of cinnamon rolled dough decorated into a predator. Sitting out for five days, the snake cake was as dry as Jason's sandwich. Gumdrop eyes stared at him. An open maw sat gaping where the tongue had been ripped out. Jason wondered what the tongue had been made of and what the snake would say about that, half-eaten and screaming. Craig came in and sat. He said, It's just that I don't get why they can't make their own copies. Sorry? Jason said. He rubbed his eyes. Craig ran a finger through the icing on the tray and stuck it in his mouth. The petite man grinned as if he had eaten the cake off someone else's finger. He sipped his tea. You drifting? You look tired. Up all night. I was just saying about the copy people. They don't want the scanner. Old coots don't trust anything unless they put money in it. I don't see how they forget you put money in and push the big green button. It's a mystery. What kept you up? Jennifer left me. Craig sipped his tea. What'd you do? She wasn't happy. Needed time. Another sip. After work, me and the kids are going to go to the park. Barbecue, throw a frisbee. Want to come? I'm not great right now. Jason stopped himself from saying more. His thoughts burned and his eyes were heavy and his mouth felt too big for all it wanted to scream and rage and cry. He bit into the dry sandwich and lifted the can. He had not opened the drink, so he put it down. The bread filled his mouth and sat, a lump on his tongue forcing down all the words. You got my number, Craig said. Yeah, Jason said. He chewed the lump and swallowed. Craig finished his tea and stood. At the sink, he said, If you need to go home, we got this. Nothing there. Craig stopped at the door. Okay, stay busy. Stay around people. But if you need to talk... Thanks. Craig left. The snake sat on the table. The sandwich got thrown away and the can put in the refrigerator. Jason made sure his name tag faced the right way and walked out onto the service desk. The library at noon on a Wednesday sat quiet and calm. Most of the patrons either sat at the computers or in reading chairs near the window. A few babies cried. Jason sat at the counter, his gaze inward. Jennifer said they were done. She was done. Maybe she was right. Maybe nothing had been good for a while. Maybe they didn't love each other. The pit inside where those thoughts echoed felt deep and dark. The thought of the empty apartment widened the pit even more, caused the echoes to bang around that much louder. 
Excuse me. The man stood a little uneasy in an old brown suit. His snow-white hair drifted around his head like dandelion fluff. Jason stepped forward. smile he did not notice came to his lips. He said, How can I help? I don't know if you can. Maybe. At least I can point you to someone who can. The old man fumbled in the jacket pocket of his suit. The jacket hung loose on him. The man looked out of time, clothes not quite right. Jason thought of the time machine by H.G. Wells. Wells brought out an old cell phone that flipped open with a flick of the old man's thumb. He held the phone out to Jason, saying, I need you to delete some voicemails. It's been a bit since I've seen one of these, Jason said, taking the phone. Wife got it for me. There's some voicemails from her on it. So you want to delete them? Do you know how? We can find out. Jason turned the phone over in his hands and found the manufacturer information. After a moment of typing, he found the manual for the phone. The font was tiny, so he used a screenshot with a photo software to enlarge the text so they could read it. It might be a little blurry, but we can read it okay. I can show you how to delete one and then get you on your way, Jason said. The old man smiled. At my age, everything's a little blurry. Thank you. Together, they navigated the menus and found the voicemail screen. Jason said, It says here you can delete them one at a time or do them all at once. One at a time. I'd like to hear them. Sure. Just select one, like this. Then push this button to play, this button to delete. The phone will ask if you're sure, and you click here. Wells pushed the play button, and the first message began. A woman's voice rang out in the scratchy sound. Hey, old man. Don't you forget to get sugar and milk, bear. What did it say? Jason said, Do you want me to play it louder? The little phone was doing its best. Louder just made the defects stand out and the woman's voice more indistinct. Wells' fists came down on the circulation desk. I can't hear this damn thing. The message said not to forget milk and sugar coming home. She said something about a bear. The man's fist unclenched. His face slackened, washing away deep impressions worn into the skin. Tears gathered in his eyes. Bear. She called me that after going on a camping trip. This black bear wandered in where our son was camped. Guess they do own the place, huh? Jesse said we shouldn't have camped so early. Snow's still on the ground. Jason waited. The old man rocked back on his heels. Wells said, I raised up and said, Get on, bear! She never let me forget that. That's a good story, Jason said. Wells remembered where he was. He gave a little smile over to the people in the computer lab. His back stiffened. The brown suit hung looser on his erect form. Listen, I can't hear this. My ears can't. This phone. How much to have you write it all down for me? 
Jason said, We don't provide a transcription service, sir. I can see if we can find one in town. No, that's fine. Just delete them. Maybe your son can help. Well said, boy gone. He went to college and stayed gone. Jason thought of his lonely apartment. I can do it, he said. Wells raised his eyes. Jason saw a small smile. You can't? Yeah, I think I can. Not sure how long it'll take, though. The old man frowned. How much? I don't have much. Don't worry about it. Just don't go telling anyone. We can't do it for everyone. The old man nodded and exposed a mouth of yellow teeth with black spots littered like pebbles in a stream. A sick tongue, white and dark gray, slid across them. Jason's stomach flipped. He picked up the cell phone, saying, Come by day after tomorrow. I'm not sure how much I'll have, but I type fast. Wells reached out a hand. Shaking the hand felt like bones wrapped in butcher paper. Can I get your contact information, just in case? Jason said. He heard a name, but it did not replace the time traveler in his mind. The man said, I don't have much of contact other than this cell phone. Don't answer it much. I can just come back here day after tomorrow. What was your name, boy? Jason. One of the Argonauts. Good name. Do much camping? The shift in topic threw Jason. Some, while traveling. Not one of those campers, eh? Some thing on the back of your truck? Tent and a sleeping bag, ever since Boy Scouts. Jennifer hated going anywhere without a shower. It had been two years since he'd been anywhere outdoors. Boy Scouts. Maybe I can give you some equipment. Only reason for me to go off into the woods is to die. You let me know what you need and I'll bring it over. Deal? I don't think I can, sir. Then don't think. We'll work some out. Wells turned and left the library. Craig came over and snatched the phone from the desk. He forgot his phone, he said, rounding the desk. Wait, Jason said, but Craig was off. He came back with the phone moments later, shaking his head. Jason took the phone, mumbling about the man being a friend. Jason got home and realized he did not have a charger for the phone. It was old, at least 20 years old. Jason flipped it open and checked the battery. 72%. The only food in the fridge were some apples, eggs, and condiments. There's nothing to snack on, Jennifer had said often and been right. Jason could not prioritize food. He chopped an apple and found some peanut butter in the cabinet. He thought about the phone. He could download the voicemails if the cable existed to connect to his computer. If a store was open to sell that cable. He thought about emailing the files, but the little phone had no data service he could see. The only thing to do was do the work. Jason went to his desk in the corner of his living room. He opened a blank document and named it Voicemail underscore Wells, then deleted the underscore Wells as if he had more than one file of transcribed voicemails. The phone's button had a click that satisfied him as he navigated the menus. 
An oddity, Jason indulged himself, looking through the phone. When he noticed the battery had dropped to 68%, he got to business. He opened the voicemail option. He played the first voicemail with the shopping list. When the woman said bear, he felt a lump in his throat. Jason took a deep breath and typed out the words. He went to the top of the transcription and marked it with the length. The phone did not seem to have recorded the date and time of the call. The phone rattled a bit on the desk when he pushed play. Nothing came out. Then a faint voice, as if from across the room, said, Come back. Not the woman's voice from before. Not at all. The voice had a depth to it, a husky tone. A wrong number? Jason wrote, Background voice, possibly male, saying come back. Wrong number? Question mark. He deleted the wrong number, question mark, so to keep out speculation, just the facts. Next message, marked the length. He counted through the messages, over 20 total. He pushed play. Hey, Bear, don't forget we're going to play with the club tonight. Be home early and no stopping at the strip joint, you old perv. Another thing to look forward to when I'm gone. I love you. The message played for three seconds longer and ended. Jason wanted to listen to it again. His heart hurt for her, for Wells' own loneliness, for his own loneliness. The empty apartment was filled with memories of Jennifer, gone but not dead. Cooking for the Game of Thrones party. Late night messing around on the couch after drinks. Sitting in bed, reading, their feet touching. Every so often he would push his foot into hers. She would push back. Jennifer kissing the back of his neck while he worked, telling him to come to bed. All that gone. Filling the empty apartment and making it that much more empty. The television dark and the bed cold. Jason clicked the next voicemail. He kept working for hours. Most of the messages were her asking for Bear to get groceries or to come home or clean the gutters. Small love notes dropped. One note where she heard him get up last night, so she put some antacids in his briefcase, just in case. Few of the messages had that mysterious second voice. Long stretches of silence, up to three minutes. Then a single word or phrase. Come home. I'm alone. Hungry. Open. Jason marked them with question marks, not leaving commentary. Could be a wrong number. The phone battery hit 30%. Jason yawned and said to the empty apartment, One more. Three messages later, the screaming started. Another voicemail. He marked it as more silence as it went on past two minutes. Then piercing screams of a woman came from the phone's little speaker. Jason jumped, pushed himself back from the desk. Phone let out more screams. The woman on the other end punctuated the sound with a single word. 
No. She said it over and over. More silence and a man's voice came back. Why do this? The man said. More screams. Jason picked up the phone and stopped the voicemail. He checked the length. A long one, over fifteen minutes. A joke, he said. Jason typed, two minutes silence, woman screaming, in italics. Then he typed the words he heard, marking the voices as male and female. He waited, as if typing the words made the voices in the recording less real. Something heard in passing. He pushed play on the next message. More screams right off. Woman sounded weaker. Her voice grew hoarse. The man became lower, more insistent with the question. Why do this? Why do this? The woman stopped screaming, whispering. Why, bear? Because I'm hungry and alone, dear. Well said. The voice was clear. The old man had spoken on the phone. More screams followed. Jason listened, unable to stop the recording. Unable to stop the thundering of his heart. His mind had shut down. Wells' wife died a horrifying death. At the end, she sighed. She was a fighter, that one, Wells said. Jason turned. The old man stood behind him. He wore the same old brown stoop, but stood taller than before. Get out, Jason said. But I have to pay you for your work, Wells said. I need my phone. The old man held up a new smartphone, a map displayed. Those old ones are so easy to track. Jason stood, picking up the old cell phone. It clicked shut in his hand. He tossed it to Wells, saying, I won't tell anyone. Wells caught the phone with one hand. He put it in his jacket pocket and withdrew a small plastic pistol. Jason said, What do you want? Something hit his chest. Looking down, he found two small darts piercing his chest. Before he could scream, electricity poured through his body. He fell. On the floor, he tried to move, but felt more pain rack his body. The back of his neck flared as if a bee had stung it. When he tried to move, more pain filled his body until he felt nothing. Wells said, I think you'll make a wonderful grandson. Think you can call me Pappy, boy? Let's talk about camping. The old man's dry laughter filled the apartment. The end. This has been Voicemails by S.T. Harker. Copyright 2019. S.T. Harker.
Thank you for listening.